Some vehicles dip down to 50% of their value after the first three years. So you're paying for almost 50% of the value of the vehicle in only three years right. when the vehicle may have 10 years or 15 years of lifespan exactly. and you've paid for 50% of it in just three years. And then when you go to another lease, you do the exact same thing again. Welcome to Getting Money Right, a show dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom through education and inspiration, so you can be free to pursue your true life's purpose. We are your hosts, Leo Sabo and David Thompson, and on this episode of Getting Money Right, we're going to talk about cars and specifically about car leasing. Is it a good idea? Is buying better than leasing? You're going to find out on this episode. Yeah, this is a really important question. Uh, leasing has become very popular in the past 10, 15 years. And I just saw the other day, the average price of a brand new car has come up to $35,000. Yeah, yep. <laughs> it's up there. That's staggering. Uh, pretty incredible. So a brand new car, 35000 So leasing can be very attractive mm -hmm. because it offers a lower monthly payment. And so a lot of people are thinking, hey, maybe I need to check this thing out. And so we're going to talk about all everything that goes into leasing the costs, the pros, the cons, everything that you want to look at. And, you know, another thing that's interesting with this is that the dealer profit margins have actually gotten slimmer and slimmer. And we were talking about this earlier, Leo, yep. that it, there's so much information out there. There's mm -hmm. so much that we can research and learn on our own. We know how much a vehicle is worth. We know the reliability tables. We, If some if a dealer tries to rip you off and add an extra 5% into the deal yeah. for their own margin, you just say, no, like I know that I can buy this somewhere else for a lower price. Right. You can literally pull it up on your phone and show them that they're right. not being honest with you. Exactly, exactly. Right. And right. so we see that dealer margins have gone down to somewhere around 3 to 5% per vehicle. Now it depends if it's a luxury vehicle. Sure, it can still be in the 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12% in you know, yeah. rate. Yeah. But at the same time, overall margins have gone down a little bit. And mm -hmm. so um, dealers are getting more competitive. They're aggressively marketing leases because leases have more fees built into them. And it's a way that they can increase their profit margins. And so I saw this the other day too, just on leasingguide.com that around 75% of all luxury vehicles yeah. are leased. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just incredible to see how, how big this has become in our society. Well, I think a big reason of that is because banks are not willing to loan that much money for a vehicle. Yeah, that's they true. They have somewhat of a ceiling. In fact, just like when you purchase a house, you have to get it appraised. In the same way, the bank looks at it and says, what's the likelihood that you'll be able to pay it? Right. You pay it off. Right. So, you know, a bank will not take the chance of you forfeiting on a loan. Right. And when you look at these cars that are now SUVs and trucks that are starting at sixty to seventy thousand dollars, yeah. I mean, as a bank, I would be like, uh, no, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> that, that, that's really hard to to offer that kind of loan. So most to of lend the time, out eighty grand. Yeah, I mean, and I think most lot. of the time that will only happen at a dealership. So On if you a go depreciating to a asset. <laughs> yeah, if you go to a credit union and say, hey, I want to buy a truck that's seventy grand, they're probably going to say, how much are you going to put down? Right. Because we'll lend you right. some, but you're going to have to put a sizable amount down. Yeah. So yeah. They want to make sure that you've got enough equity in the vehicle. If something happened to you, if you weren't yeah, able to make the payments, you could sell it and get out of it. Uh, and so because of that, they're not willing to lend huge amounts of money. And uh, and so they look to lease.
leasing as an option to say, okay, well, we're really only going to be, uh, you know, you're, you'll be paying down the first three years of the vehicle because you'll be owing for right. owning it or managing it, driving it for the first three years, leasing it. And so uh, th- this has become a really big portion of why the vehicles that are luxury vehicles and nicer vehicles are leased. Yeah, well, it makes sense. As prices have gone up, obviously, if you just continue to borrow and buy new cars, that payment's going to continue to go up. Right. You know, when I first bought my first car, it was in the 120 to 130 dollar range per month. That yeah. It was a five year payment plan. Now that's four times what I used to pay 25 years ago. So obviously, uh, yes, the cost of living has gone up. You know. Uh, yeah, inflation, inflation, occurs, right? And of course, even income's gone up, and it's part yeah. of the reason why dealers are making less and less. It's the cost of labor. People working for these companies make more money than they used to. Right. So that's built into every vehicle. So it is more money. Yeah. And we're also seeing that because the price of vehicles is higher than it's ever been, that loans on buying a car have been extended out longer than it's ever been. Yep. So it used to be, like you said, Leo, your first car was a five-year loan. Yeah. Uh, I think my first car... Max back then. Right, right. I think my first car may have been a four-year loan. Uh, but then, you know, I was in high school and in college and had to refinance it out another two years. Yeah. So I think it ended up being a five or a six year loan. Um, but the idea of originally signing up for 84 months mm. of payments, seven years of payments, crazy. it's crazy, but it's become more and more common now. So uh, I'm not saying it's a good thing, but mm. it used to be five years was the max. And now they're starting out with seven year loans. So we're just seeing a lot of new things. And uh, so I think we need to kind of dig into when somebody thinks about going through the process of a lease, uh, it's very appealing because it sounds like it's a lower monthly cost. But I want us to realize what are some of the costs that are built in to the lease? Because a lot of people think, oh, it's cheaper, Mm -hmm. uh, but they don't realize what's actually being factored into that lease. Right. So what are some of the things that somebody's looking at when they first begin to go and get a vehicle on a lease? What are some of the, not hidden fees, but fees that they might not realize are in there? Well, David, I think the other thing to consider is that some people may not realize that there are different ways to buy a car, right? You can buy it with cash and just pay it and just own it for as long as you can. You can buy it on payments. You put a down payment and you pay the rest of it off. There's the leasing option, obviously, which we're going to go into a little bit more today. But then the other, of course, is you can always rent a car. Yeah. You can rent a car from some you know, enterprise or someplace like that. Of course, that's going to be very expensive. Right. But there are different options here. So leasing is one of those options. What's important to consider is what is the cost and is that something that's reasonable for you? Right, right. You know, does it make sense for you? Because sometimes, you know, I never want to say leasing or doing something financially is a bad idea because that is assuming that everybody's exactly the same and that's not true. For me, leasing doesn't work right now. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't write it off as a business expense. It just doesn't make sense. But for some businesses, leasing actually makes more sense. Hmm. They have a low maintenance cost. There's certain things that they can write off because this is a cost of doing business. So for some people, it makes sense. So we can't just put a blank statement and say, don't lease, it's more expensive than buying. Yeah. Because for some businesses, it makes sense. But I think what I'm alarmed about is more the fact that so many people, individuals, do this and they are in the, unfortunately, in the, opinion that this is lower cost overall 
And that's actually not true. I'm going to share that. Yeah. Well, so if you were going on a business trip, you wouldn't buy a car for mm-hmm. that trip. You know, if you're only going to be in the city for a week, you're going to rent a car. Right. Uh, now to rent a car, it's going to cost more. There's more fees built in because they know they're going to have to turn that vehicle over every week to a new person and clean it up. And there's all these things built into that. Yeah. Well, with leasing... It's like renting a car, but for two years at a time or mm-hmm. for three years at a time. Right. And so, again, they're going to build more fees in, uh, but there's a place where renting a car for a business trip makes sense. Mm-hmm. There may be a place where leasing a vehicle for business purposes might make sense. Right. Uh, just like you, Leo, it doesn't make sense financially in my season of life because when you begin to add in these fees, you realize that over the cost of three years, six years, 10 years, Mm -hmm. uh, if you have a little bit of contentment with the vehicle that you're driving, and even if you bought it new and continue to drive it, you would find that you would pay dramatically less. It's much cheaper to buy a vehicle and either buy it with cash and just drive it for a long time or to, you know, buy it on payments and still drive it until you've paid it off and continue driving it. So let's look at some of the costs that are inside of a lease. So The first and probably most important thing is when you're leasing a vehicle, typically you're leasing a new vehicle right? and you're going to rent it for three years. And so that is going to be the three most expensive years of the vehicle's life. Mm -hmm. As soon as you drive it off the lot, it goes down 10 to 15% in value. So you just paid for 10% of the car as soon as you drive it off the lot. Mm -hmm. Now you didn't realize it because they spread that out over the three years. But after three years, the vehicle is maybe worth... Uh, 60% of what it originally was worth. Some vehicles dip down to 50% of their value after the first three years. So you're paying for almost 50% of the value of the vehicle in only three years when the vehicle may have 10 years or 15 years of lifespan. Exactly. And you've paid for 50% of it in just three years. And then when you go to another lease, you do the exact same thing again. So one of the things you've got to worry about or just watch out for is that you're always renting a vehicle during the most expensive time in that vehicle's life. Mm -hmm. And because of that, they're going to add what they call gap insurance, because as soon as you drive it off the lot, it's worth less than Mm -hmm. it was sitting on the lot by, by several thousand dollars. And so as you're driving that vehicle, if you get into an accident you actually owe more on the vehicle than it's worth. Mm -hmm. And so there's a gap. There's a gap between what you owe and what it's worth. And an insurance company is going to say, hey, we'll cover that gap, but you got to pay us some extra premiums. (laughs) So only cover up to a certain amount because the value is only worth this much. So the insurance company, even though you're insured, they're not going to cover it to the full value that you owe. Yes. They're only going to cover what the vehicle is actually worth. Yes. They'll depreciate it for the years that it has, the miles that it has, the condition it has. And that's where the gap insurance comes in is to cover that gap between what you owe versus what the car is actually worth. Right. So there's one fee that you might start to see. Now, you'll also probably see that on on the purchase of a brand new vehicle. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't typically see that on the purchase of a used vehicle. So there's savings there on a used vehicle. Now, you also have the cost of capitalization. Now, this is interesting because when you buy a vehicle, you take out a loan for the full amount of the vehicle, unless you put a little bit down, and you know you took out a loan. You feel that, you see it on paper. Mm -hmm. Well, when you lease, you actually still are taking out a loan on the entire value of the vehicle, but they call it the cost of capitalization because the dealer has a cost of going to a bank 
Mm-hmm. And getting a bank to lend them, let's say the vehicle's worth 30000 the the bank gives them the 30000 mm-hmm. and then they arrange that quote-unquote loan or that capitalization to your account. And so just the fact that you have a lease means that you have a debt that's under your name that you don't even realize might be there, and it's right. called the cost of capitalization. Now, because you have that cost of capitalization, you're also going to have an acquisition fee. And you usually can't negotiate out of this because the bank is going to charge a fee to the dealer to set this up. And so the dealer is going to pass that fee on to you and say, hey, we set up this loan for you. We set this cost of capitalization. And so now you've got a one-time fee of somewhere between $395 to Mm $1,000, depending on the niceness of your vehicle. Uh, So there's several hundred dollars up to $1,000. And you're going to have an interest rate associated with that cost of capitalization. And now this is what's interesting. Instead of calling it a loan, they call it the cost of capitalization. Instead of calling it an interest rate, they call it the money factor. Mm. And they throw in some very obscure numbers that you have to multiply times 2,400 and you know, divide it and all these different pieces. Yeah. Make it hard for a to make person it to know hard. how to do it. Yeah, you don't fully understand. So whereas if you went alone, you might have gotten a 3% interest rate. Mm-hmm. But when you go to the money factor, you don't realize what it's actually calculating out to be because it's some weird number that you don't usually see. Yeah. But if you were to run the calculation, it may be 7 or 8% interest. Mm. So you may end up paying a higher interest rate and not even realizing it. And this is sneaky. I mean, yeah. they changed yeah. the names, which is legal. You know, it's just another term. Yeah. But you, they changed from... You get from, to see the paperwork. Yeah, you get to see the paperwork. you don't understand what you're reading. Exactly. And when, when you're buying a vehicle, you're usually in a hurry. You usually don't want to look dumb in front of somebody you've never met before. It's like, oh, yeah, I know the money factor is. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm a big fan of the money factor. I watched that show on CNBC. I think most <laughs> people are too caught up with the color of the vehicle and the, the leather smell and all that stuff oh, yeah, to even worry about that kind of stuff. They of just course. want to know how much is it per month. Yep. And that's unfortunate because the things you're talking about are costs that many times are not built into a normal car purchase. Right. And if you knew that, then you might really approach this maybe is this maybe the best way to get this vehicle? Right. And really right. kind of understand what you're buying into and what you're walking away with right. at the end of the lease. So there's also the disposition fee, which is the fee when you give the vehicle back, they're going to charge three to $400 to clean the vehicle up and make mm-hmm. it ready for the next person. And yep. you can't negotiate that fee. They just say, hey, th- there's an extra $400 fee. To clean it. And they probably will put that fee on the front end so you don't experience it at the back end. Right. And they add that extra $400 into the loan or mm-hmm. the cost of capitalization. So you're paying interest on it over the three years that you drive it. Yeah. And you're pr- probably paying interest on the acquisition fee, not realizing it, because you didn't give them $1,000 up front. Right. You, know? right. you said, oh, no, no, just put that into the, into the overall loan. And so now you're paying interest on higher numbers, and that does affect your overall cost. Uh, you've also got to realize you're still paying sales taxes. Mm-hmm. Uh, your state is still going to get their sales tax out of it. Now, some states will calculate it based on the total amount you're going to pay over the three years. Some states will base it on the monthly payment. Some states will base it on the overall value of the car. Mm-hmm. Um, but the important thing is you're not going to get out of sales tax. Right. You're still going to have registration, title, license fees, all the normal fees you'd have with any other vehicle. But you're probably going to have slightly higher insurance. Because mm-hmm. you're driving a new vehicle. A right. nicer vehicle is going to come with a higher cost. And if the insurance is going to cover any kind of accident, they're going to charge you more, a mm-hmm. higher premium. So now some of this 
evens out just a little bit if you buy a brand new vehicle. But when you go to a used vehicle, some of the savings is dramatically different. Yes. Because if you have a $30,000 vehicle versus a $10,000 vehicle, oh, yeah. the amount of insurance is way less. Yeah. And the loan is way less. And the, you know, the fees are not there. So you're starting to see some major changes. Um, what else is interesting about this? Yeah. Well, another thing that they have full control over is the buyout price. You don't get to negotiate what that price is. Usually, they just say, hey, if you want to buy the vehicle, now that you've owned it technically for three years, right, and you kind right. of maybe, maybe are used to it and you really want to keep it, and you're thinking, well, I've already paid three years into it. And so they'll put that purchase price to whatever they think is going to make the most, the most profit. Yeah. And, and I don't think you have a lot of negotiation room there most of the time. So it, to me, it just seems like so much is out of your control. Yeah. Yeah. And you're just kind of saying, for the lower price, I'm willing to just kind of close my eyes and they can do whatever they want to me. Right. That's unfortunate because it is not as clear cut as it is with the typical normal loan, whether you're buying new or used. Yeah. I mean, think about it. If you're a dealer, um, maybe let's say you're a very fair and just dealer and you want to give your people the, the best possible rate. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you're calculating it and you're going to calculate what's the residual value of the vehicle after three years, you're thinking three years into the future saying, I think this $30,000 vehicle is probably going to be worth 15000 Right Now, even if the dealer is trying to be really fair, are they going to make a mistake mm-hmm. and undercharge you or yeah. make a mistake and overcharge you? Maybe their intention isn't to overcharge you, but if they're going to fall one direction, they're going to fall on the safety net for them to sure. say, okay, you know, the vehicle might actually be worth 17000 but I'd rather say 15000 just in case to give themselves that extra margin of 2000 Well, let's look at it this way. If three years in, you're faced with signing a new lease, yeah, and then you're at the same place three years from now, you've already paid maybe fifteen, sixteen thousand 16000 into this lease, yeah, and they pose you with the opportunity to buy this car for 15000 Right. But let's say it's only worth twelve. Mm-hmm. But you already, it's your car. Yeah, you're comfortable speaking. with you're it. You're comfortable with it. You know, you know it. how it you're works. You're doing every mile right. of it. You're going to spend that 15000 to get this car yeah. rather than walking away and buying a $12,000 car yeah. that's similar to this one. Yeah. Because you know it. Because you're bought in. Right? You're emotionally and, and attached. You, and you were, yeah. you were there at the beginning. Yeah. You, it's your car. It's brand new. And now it's three years older, but you know everything about it. So you take a bigger risk. At least some people think that you take a bigger risk and you buy a used car that's three years old. Mm. Because maybe the person who leased it didn't take care of it. Maybe right. they drove it like it was a race car. Right. And there are those uh, those fears. So whatever the price they're going to throw at you, as long as it's within a couple three thousand of the actual price that you can get another one from, I think people will just go ahead and buy it. Yeah. If they're really yeah. in the market and want to do it, I think they they're they're going to do it just because it makes. Well, more a lot sense of times it's them. just easier because mm-hmm. you're used to the vehicle and you yeah. sign the paperwork and you drive it back off a lot and right. you're good to go. And you still have a payment and it's probably similar to what you were paying already and, and it is what it is. Yeah. Another cost is also early termination penalties and over mileage fees. You know, a typical lease will come with either will allow you ten thousand, twelve thousand, or fifteen thousand miles per year. If you exceed whatever your agreement says. Let's say you leased it for 10,000 miles a year, but you ended up putting 12,000 every year. Wow. Now you're 6,000 miles over. Yep. They will charge you anywhere from 5 to 20 cents per mile. So now you have to come and say, That's I'm, a huge I'm turning deal. this car in. Right? I'm writing you a check for a couple thousand dollars for, or hundreds of dollars, whatever yeah. it is, depending yeah. on the miles that you put. So there are other costs, and these are one of the costs that yeah. you have well, to consider. Yeah, well, just in that scenario, 
every year you overdrove it by 2,000 miles. Mm-hmm. But at the end of three years, that's 6,000 6, miles. miles. That's a big deal. Yep. And you're going to pay a fee for that. And mm-hmm. they're, they're not going to lose money on the lease. You've got to know that they're building in their margin here. Right, right. You also can't sell your car whenever you want. Uh, if you lose your job and can't make the payments, or you're stuck in the contract. This is a contract. Same might be true if you buy a brand new car, but if you buy a used car, then you can usually sell it for the same price you purchased it. Yeah. So the problem where get where people get into this is they they will get into a lease or even in a brand new car, and when they become upside down and they can't sell it or they can't walk away from it because they owe more than they actually the car is actually worth. Right. Then that's where usually you have to start doing some creative ways to try to get through that. And I think that's a totally different uh, <laughs> podcast that we need to do. But but ultimately, it puts people in a position where they're more susceptible to actually buying into another lease that can then absorb this over right, uh, right. Know, the, this expense that they're already upside down in. And then they'll take and roll that into the next one. And that's a bad deal. Well, and that's the thing. A car leasing company is like, oh, sure, we'd love to take your upside down car and put it into a lease. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it'll be a lower monthly payment than what you'd expect. But really, you're only paying for the use of that many years. You have no equity on the back end. And honestly, the payments end up being huge and burdensome. And so uh, it can sound like, oh, this is the best way out. But really, there's all these fees built in. And they know it. They're, They're there to make a profit. Yeah, and I think the thing that I would love our listeners to really understand in this situation is that we have become a society where... If we can somehow squeeze it into a monthly payment, we feel better about it. Yeah. And I think that's simple. a mistake yep. because we've talked about really counting the actual cost when you purchase something that you should really consider the overall cost. And most of the time when you're going in these kind of situations, if you're just trying to get that loan or that payment to be low enough, then you're going to take on responsibilities and debt that is going to be way more over a long period of time. It's going to cost you so much more than it would if you just went ahead and kind of tightened the belt and figure out how can I just get through the next two, three years, have some money put aside so I can buy the next car and kind of work your way up. Maybe you're driving a $3,000 car because that's all you can afford to do, right? But you hang on to that sucker an extra year. Yeah. And the next time, instead of buying a $3,000 car, you buy a $5,000 car, but you're putting 2000 down instead of zero. Yeah. And then after that, maybe you're buying it cash for 5000 you keep it for another two to three years and you keep saving you keep putting it aside and eventually you buy the car with cash and you buy a car after it's taken all that huge depreciation yep and now you buy the car that still have five to seven years of value of good maintenance free most of the time life and the lowest cost that you can get yeah and i think that's really wise to do it that way So we just want you to realize that although it might seem cheaper on the front end, there are a bunch of costs listed in there. Uh, So let's take a look at some of the pros, like Mm -hmm. why you might, like what are the benefits of having a lease vehicle? Because there are some benefits. There are some things that are nice about having a a lease vehicle. There's no doubt about it. If it wasn't, people wouldn't be doing it. Exactly. (laughs) So uh, on the pro side, uh, you can drive the car during its most trouble-free years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, I mean, think about it. Uh, Cars have more electronics. They're harder to troubleshoot. You might have to take it to an expert. You know, like, oh, I I would rather just drive it when it's brand new and not have to worry about that. Yeah, and that's very attractive. However, on the flip side, 
you realize that cars are better designed today than they've ever been, even though, yes, there are more electronics. There's also more diagnostic equipment available to the general public and a greater knowledge base, meaning you can go on YouTube and find out even on newer cars. There are people that will get on there and say, hey, I've got this new car. This is what the issue I'm faced with. And other people have seen the same situation. Pretty soon you have a forum of people that are adding this knowledge base of every model of every car that you can imagine. So it's a little bit less intimidating in that sense is that you don't necessarily always have to take it to an expert. And even if you do, you're more equipped to know that, okay, I kind of have an idea what the problem with it is, yeah. and I'm not going to be just taken advantage of. So yes, I agree that when you lease, you are driving at those first three years, and chances of you having major problems, very, very slim. But it's a high cost to be able to just be, do that. Yeah. So yeah. it's a pro, but it could also yeah, be Yeah, it's a luxury. Con. It's a luxury. Yeah. It's like, hey, I'm going to drive a, a brand new vehicle. That's a luxury purchase mm-hmm. that we're going to do some math on it and show what the cost of that luxury is. That's right. Uh, so another pro of driving a lease vehicle is that you're always driving a newer vehicle. And so there's usually a coverage of a manufacturer warranty mm-hmm. and you may have free uh, scheduled maintenance like yeah. oil changes and tire rotations, which makes for a simpler hassle-free life. Yeah. I mean, and it, Really, that's like, a oh, value to I most just people. Pull right? in and pull out, and it's great, right? Yep, yep. You can also drive a higher-priced, better-equipped vehicle that you might otherwise not be able to afford. A lease does give you that option to get into a car that a typically payment. you wouldn't yeah. be able to get a loan for or or buy outright, and for a lower payment per month you can drive a more luxurious vehicle. Yeah, and you don't have to worry about the hassle of buying and selling because mm-hmm. you just walk in, you sign the paperwork and walk out. Uh, it It's a hassle-free way to buy, which we know that when you don't usually put the research and time in, you're going to end up paying more. Yeah. But it is hassle-free. Sure. And there also could be significant tax advantage for some. As we talked earlier, there are some businesses that will lease vehicles. And when they do, it's because they've figured in the cost of their a business, it makes more sense to have trouble-free, maintenance-free vehicles yeah. that are going to have that dependability because their business depends on it. So in situations like that, I can see that being of value to a company. I still would want to see the math and see if it makes sense, but oh, yeah. that's the geek in me. The bottom line, though, is that it's not for everybody, but it is for some, and I think that's something to be just to consider. Yeah, I mean, you just drop the car off at the end and mm-hmm. you're done with the deal. And That's you right. can go on and you know find another one if you want. And uh, for ease of use, it's probably one of the easiest ways to drive a vehicle. Mm-hmm. Uh, for expense, it is almost always the most expensive way to drive a vehicle. Uh, you're going to have to watch your mileage because you don't want to go over and end up spending another 5 yeah. to 20 cents per mile. Uh, you're not going to be able to uh, enjoy... Uh, some of the benefits of having the lower cost mm-hmm. because every month you're going to have a large payment and it will never be paid off. So there will never be equity on the back end. So right. you will never have a paid off car if you lease the rest of your life. You will be making payments the rest of your life. That's a cycle. Yeah, if you that just you stay are with caught leases, in. absolutely. Yeah. So that's a major con. That's a major issue. There are things you've got to watch out for. You're stuck with that payment. And you can't just sell it and walk away from it. Uh, if you if you own your vehicle, yeah, you sell it, you don't like it, you lose your job, uh, you sell it, and you don't have to worry about making a payment. Mm-hmm. When you're in a lease, if you want to buy out of that and you say, hey, I've only paid down for one year, but I owe two more years on it, they're like, great, make all the payments. Yeah. <laughs> you know, They're going to get their money and you've signed something that has caused you to be in an obligation to them. So it's something to be aware of. Yeah, something about that, uh, I had a couple that I was coaching a few years ago and they had a lease 
and they had had the car for a year, but they honestly just could not pay it anymore. The husband had lost his job. She was working, but there just wasn't enough money. So they had to literally take the car back to the dealer and turn it in. Yeah. And that's not a fun thing to do, obviously. But in the end, what ended up happening is that they took and sold the car to someone else. And then the difference between what they sold it for and what they still owed on it, they put as a unsettled debt on their credit report. Wow. So they owed over $8,000 on a car they no longer oh, even man. had. Oh, man, 8000 Yeah. Which which happens a lot. Like, yeah. I'm. here's the thing. I've seen that happen mm-hmm. multiple times mm-hmm. with people that I've counseled in their finances yep. where they bought a brand new vehicle they couldn't afford. It went down in value faster than they could pay it off. And because they bought brand new... It pinched them in the end. They were they were five, six, seven thousand dollars upside down. It's the same with a lease because if you try to get out of it after a year or two years, you're going to be again upside down several thousand dollars, yeah. and it's going to cause major issues then on your finances. Yeah. yeah. So some of the other cons are mileage limit. We talked about the fact that they can charge you anywhere from five to twenty cents per mile if you go over. And if you do choose the more miles allowed, so instead of going maybe with the ten or twelve thousand per year, you go with the fifteen. It's going to cost you more upfront. Right. So you're going to pay for it one way or the other. Uh, normal wear and tear is covered, but not if the wear and tear is abnormal. And that's kind of an <laughs> yeah. open door to for them you to charge know. you whatever the they want. The weather could change. The uh, hell damage could come. A truck yeah. could kick something up at you. You, know, you hope nothing happens. Now you have insurance for those right. kind of things. We're not really talking about maintenance issues that you can get repaired. That's true. Through that's the, true. Through, yeah. You know, through uh, let's say. Uh, auto insurance if you get damaged it's more about the condition of the vehicle yeah if you had a bunch of kids that just tore up the back seat um it's gonna they're gonna charge you that 400 dollars to clean it but they might actually charge you to replace the the leather or something yeah. if you stained yeah. it and destroyed it so okay that's so, a problem yeah yeah so leo and i have said over and over that you know leasing is the most expensive way to go uh, and so we have prepared an example because mm-hmm. we want to show you some of the math behind buying a car versus leasing a car so you can see just a little bit of the difference. Uh, on the front end, when you lease, your monthly payment may be lower, like $100 lower. Or more. Or more. Mm-hmm. And so when you're looking at that, you're thinking, oh, the monthly payment is lower. This is wonderful. But Leo, walk us through a little bit of this math. Yeah. So we found a promotion for a 2019 Honda Accord sedan. Uh, with the lease, uh, the deal was you pay $1,000 down and the lease payment would come out to $401 a month for 36 months. Yeah, 400 and bucks. <laughs> with, and with the higher mileage, it was 15000 a year, so you get 45,000 miles in that three-year time frame. The total cost for the three years comes to $15,436. And let's assume that you found a similar lease again for another three years, so you've got a lease and then you do it again. Uh, your total cost comes to thirty thousand eight seventy two. So it's that fifteen thousand for the first three years, and another fifteen for the, the second three years. So that comes out to five thousand one hundred forty five dollars a year for the six years. Yeah. Okay, so, so you lease for three dollars for four for six years. Yeah. So you lease for three years, about fifteen grand. You mm-hmm. lease for another three years, about fifteen grand. So total is about thirty. Here it's about thirty one. Almost. Uh, and then every year it's about five thousand. $100 a year. So, right. okay, there right. we go. There's there's the setup on the lease. So that's the lease. So now let's assume you have the same vehicle, but this time you buy it and the target price is 27637 That's what the price uh, of the car is. If you put the same down, $1,000, and finance the car for 60 months, so it's five years at 3%, your monthly payment would go up to 516 Okay, so now 401 it's 516 so it is higher in this case. Yeah. At the end of the five-year loan, the total cost to purchase the car, including the interest, comes to 30980 
we're talking about a hundred and eight dollar difference between the lease and the buy. Interesting. Yeah, because the six years to lease the vehicle was thirty thousand nine hundred, right? And the cost to buy, but over five years, not six years. Right. So it's a shorter time period. Uh, is but the price is almost 31. exactly the it's same. Almost which like, is it's, really it's interesting. It's off by about a hundred bucks. Right. That's interesting. So over the six years, your annual cost is fifty one sixty three instead of the fifty one forty five for the lease. So now leasing is cheaper by 115 per month when you first look at it. But you have one extra year to pay, and you have to consider that, right? And after the loan is paid off, you own your car. Whereas with the That's lease, nice. you don't own anything. And what's important is to realize that now you have equity in that car. And if I looked at a 2013 Honda Accord, which is so be a six-year-old car, yeah. right? And right now they go for about $13,000 with about seventy-eight to 90,000 miles, which is what these cars would have. So whether you sell the car or apply the trade in value toward your next purchase, your actual cost of ownership is reduced by $17,980 or $29.96 a year. So that's a savings of $21.49 a year and over $12,000, almost $13,000 over six years, the difference between leasing and buying. So you save almost, well, $2,149 a year, mm -hmm. over two grand a year years, yes. that you save. Yes. And at the end, you have... 13,000. Yes, but the difference is that you're paying 516 a month for 5 years and for the other you're paying 401 for 6 years. Yeah. And at the end of the day, the big deal is that you don't have a car when you're leasing. You walk away from the 6 years of leasing with nothing. You own nothing. There's zero value whereas the car that you've had for 6 years is still worth $13,000. Yeah. Which is interesting, yeah. right? Because now you have equity and you could and by the way, this is a Honda Accord, which yeah. are known to be very dependable cars. Yeah. So if you just do basic maintenance on them, they will last 20 years. So you yeah. can, I, I'm not exaggerating <laughs> when I say that. I've had a 20-year-old Honda Accord, so I can tell you they do last that long if you maintain them. Now, even if you don't keep them that long, let's say you just keep them 12 years. Think about how much money you would have saved. What if you leased again after six years? If you, if you stayed with another lease for three years and another lease for three years, and even if the price stayed the same, you'd spend another $30,000 for the total of over $62,000. Wow. Right? Yeah. Instead, you spent $30,000 for the 12 years. Big yeah. difference. Yeah. Because it's double the cost of what you would have spent on vehicle if you would have leased it rather than bought it. Yeah. So over the first six years, you've saved $13,000. Mm -hmm. If you continue to drive that vehicle, you made a good decision and saved 13000 Yes. If you're content for the next six years in that vehicle, you'll save another 30000 mm -hmm. altogether saving you $40,000 basically overall. And and that is based on a good decision plus contentment. Right. Uh, that's, a, that's a huge deal. It is. And I think there's a difference between some people who will get to retire with funds and not have to rely on Social Security alone, and others who have either a payment, car payment, or a lease payment all their lives and never really be able to put money aside for retirement. I remember I did a blog some time ago about this and said, you know, that one purchase can keep you from having a comfortable retirement. Because three to $400 consistently paying on a, on a lease is robbing you from being able to do other things. So it's not to me, it's not the difference between buying a used car or buying a new car. Yeah, I would rather drive a new car, but it's the cost versus the value that I look at. Yeah. What we're trying to say here is that when you do the math, a lease is more expensive, even though the monthly payment seems to be lower. Yeah. 
the cost is much higher. That's good. Well, Leo and I are typically always going to recommend that you uh, buy a used vehicle and that you pay it full in cash or that you put a little bit down so you have equity in it. Uh, You're not upside down on it. If you ever had to sell it and get out of it, you can. And then you pay it off. You drive it for as long as it'll go. Now, at some point, You'll have accumulated a great net worth and you can buy brand new vehicles. Uh, At some point, you may have the financial resources to have the luxury lifestyle of Mm -hmm. driving a leased car. And and we're not going to come in and judge somebody for doing that. Of course not. Uh, We're going to say we're going to help if they ask for help, which happens a lot. One thing, though, I don't want (laughs) anybody judging me if I do. Right. Well, that's on the flip side, right? So I knew somebody that that, that rallied against uh, lease cars for years and years. And then uh, a few years later, they bought a lease car, yeah. you know, or they leased a car, you know, and, yeah. and, and the careful thing what was, you say, yeah, be careful what you say. So, so this being said, there, there may be a season of life where it makes sense. We're not saying it never does, but in your, when you're in the wealth accumulation phase, it's mm-hmm. probably not the time to be le- uh, leasing a car. Nope. And and for me personally, it would always be kind of difficult to lease a car uh, because I know the math. Mm-hmm. And I would think, what else could I do with those resources? And I don't know. That would be a struggle for me. Yeah. Not that's saying I would never choice. do it, but that would be a struggle. And I share yep. it. Yeah. But but, yeah. but we don't want to project yeah. out on anyone. Right. All we want to say is look at the overall cost. Right. We've given you an example here. We'll have it in our show notes so you can look at the numbers a little bit more closely. But we also encourage you, go do your own research. Go on, go on Edmunds.com where we went or on Kelly Blue Book and, yeah. and look at a lease versus a – and we'll do the math yourself and see. Yeah. We're not trying to persuade you not to go in a direction that might be good for you. We're just saying if you count the cost and look at the difference, you'll see that leasing is more expensive. And really the reason for, that we did this show is to help you understand that sometimes what's – looks good on the outside and the way it's marketed to us that it is a lower cost and we can drive better cars and we can have a better lifestyle that actually costs us more and can damage us for the long term so our desire is that you would be healthy long term and this is one of those areas that can unfortunately uh, cause issues so we just wanted to equip you with some information and and hope that you'll have what you need to make the right decision Yeah, and I highly recommend that you go back and that you look at episode uh, 23 and 22 where we talk about buying a used car versus a new car. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dig into the numbers there. Check out when you're making that next purchase of buying a home. That happens in episode uh, 24 and 25. So uh, spend some time. Go back through the podcast. Find some of those things that you need. Check out Leo's website. If you go to leosabo.com, you can Google it or literally just type it into the search bar, leosabo.com. You can look at the resources he's got there a great budgeting tool that will give you a guideline on how much you should be spending on your vehicles based on your income Uh, it'll give you a breakdown of how much you should be spending on housing on food on uh, transportation all these different areas and it's extremely helpful as you're going through the process of just walking out your life Uh, from here i would recommend that you take this episode and share it with somebody I can't tell you how many people I've talked to personally that have dealt with leasing a vehicle and felt completely burned by it. Mm-hmm. They weren't expecting the cost. They weren't expecting the uh, added um, fees that they just didn't realize were hidden in there. And they didn't think about the fact that at the end of the three years, they were going to have to go right back into that same cycle because they had no equity in a vehicle. And maybe they didn't have the same level of job, so they couldn't get the same deal they got the first time. Uh, I've seen people that have enjoyed leasing, and they would recommend it to others. So I'm not saying everybody is Mm -hmm. in a bad situation with it. But 
uh, send this episode to somebody. I think it'll really help them. I think it'll help protect them, especially if they're young from falling into uh, maybe a deal that's going to harm their finances. And then jump over to stewardshippastors.com and check out uh, some of the resources, the articles that we've written, the videos that we've got of our financial courses, uh, our classes on what the Bible says about money, the book, Jesus on money. Uh, Check out our team and see what we're doing around the country serving people. There's a bunch of great pictures under the Stewardship Ministry pictures. So just cool things that you can see how people are being influenced in their finances around the country and now around the world um, have had the opportunity to travel and share stewardship in uh, Taiwan and Tokyo and Germany and Israel and London and Romania. Uh, Romania. Yeah. <laughs> and so, Romania. yeah, don't forget Romania. That's Leo. That was one of my first trips ever. Mm-hmm. And Leo and I went and did a whole seminar and, and just have had a lot of fun with it. So, um, take the resources, share them with other people, connect people to leosabo.com for the budgeting tool, the debt reduction tool. And we love spending time with you. So please share the podcast with others. And we look forward to having you join us next time so that together we We can can keep keep getting getting money money right. right. Yeah, I would rather drive a new car, but it's the cost versus the value that I look at. Yeah. What we're trying to say here is that when you do the math, a lease is more expensive, even though the monthly payment seems to be lower. Yeah. The cost is much higher.